Hello, everyone. From around the world, all of you listening. It's almost 2020. Almost. Almost. But it's not quite yet. So this means... This is episode 47 of FIA Ghost PC. Yes, it is. That's four and seven. We're, we're getting through these numbers quite quickly. Uh, I'd like to say Happy New Year, but I can't yet. It's not quite there yet. Got to be a bit patient. But I can say I'm here. Your host, Rebel Zen, a.k.a. Danny Hale. Still not 100%. More like 98.9, maybe. Still, I've still got a bit of the plague. I'm not going to lie. Uh, still in Tokyo. Uh, not lots really changed for me. Uh, my face has probably uh, since I uh, since I last spoke to you. Only a different. I I'm smiling now. I wasn't smiling last time. I was more grimacing in anguish and turbulence. But with me, as always, is a much traumatized, very patient producer, Winifred. Say hello. Hello. Wow. Wow, that was sheepish. That was a sheepish, sheepish hello from our producer. You don't like sheep, do you? No, I don't. No, I'm traumatized by them, very much so. But enough about sheep and trauma and weird hellos. You don't like sheep and Catan either. I don't. Yeah, that's completely random. Carry on, carry on. (laughs) But we're also joined with, and by, and something. Uh, He's here. He's here still. Dealing with us, dealing with the madness, dealing with the crazy times here in uh, Far East. It's been an adventure, coming close to an end, sadly. But he is here. It is the one and only Unicorn Slayer, Pete. Say hello. I like sheep. You do? Yeah, I don't. Not in Catan. Very much a sheep hater in Catan. If you're there... And thinking, a wheat hater recently. Yeah, wheat hater. Well, mm. no, nah, technically just to stop people winning the game, except for me because I'm really smart. Uh, but basically, if you are thinking, right, it's New Year soon, all the family's here, we've got to have something to do that might make no one speak to each other ever again, the perfect thing is play Settlers of Catan. We're not mm-hmm. paid to say that. It's just a very, very awesome board <laughs> game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. You've heard us talk about it a few times. It's how we pass the time in between filming dates and the such. But enough about all of that random madness. We've got quite a big episode today. We've got to talk through a few things locally here in Tokyo. Before, and we all we were thinking we were at a cafe earlier. It was an Italian trattoria, actually. Mm. Yeah, which wasn't very Italian when you really think about it. Japanese Italian. It's it's a thing, and. We're thinking, right, New Year's is coming up. What can we possibly do with our theme for three questions? And because basically we're all in a situation where we were reflecting, what's been this year? What's the biggest thing about this year? Biggest thing this year has been everyone's been mental about nationalization. Got the EU thing, which will have come to pass now. We don't know because we're recording this way ahead of time. I think Brexit should be a swear word. Yes, mm. maybe it is by now. Maybe Scotland's independent by now. Who the hell knows? <laughs> we just don't know. Everyone's but, protesting for one reason or other. Yeah, mostly yeah. nationalism. Everyone wants to be a country. <laughs> Every country wants to split from a country. And, well, there's Spain, which is just a whole <laughs> plethora of things going on there. So, 
Hi everyone around the world, we thought we'd do the best, most upbeat thing we could possibly do and talk about nationalism in our three questions. <laughs> They're very good. And because we're going to do nationalism, Pete made a very, very good point of saying there's two British people here and one whatever win is. And what we've got to do <laughs> is we've got to sort of label ourselves. So for the most part of these questions, some of it I will be, you know, a wild card man. I'll just, I'll just say whatever comes Just to my brain. Just be randomly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely nuts. Yeah. Some of these are going to be totally out there, wildcard selections, but for the best part, and please have mercy on my soul, I will be representing the United States of America as the veteran... Traveller. American mm. amongst us. <laughs> Obviously, you so can hear none that. None of us end up shot by the end of it. It'll be a miracle. I do have... A vast arsenal at my disposal, <laughs> uh, courtesy of the American government. Uh, you have the right to bear arms. Yes, and they are very hairy. And legs, <laughs> uh, uh, which is an amazing constitution. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be super patriotic to America when it comes to our three questions. Uh, answering honest and truth, as all Americans would. Uh, no one would lie about uh, certain relations with women under oath. No one would do that in America. <laughs> I'm here to represent you guys, so I hope I do you proud. Win wins obviously representing Hong Kong, is that correct? Um, well, yeah, Chinese. Chinese S yeah. Hong Kong. Well, that's nice and <laughs> real. So if you're that's not in, controversial no, at all at the moment, you're is it? In Hong Kong, huh? That's all I'm going to say about that. Pete obviously has got the whole of the UK. Is that your thing, or are you going to be particular? Um, I, I, I am English. So let's be in, honest. You're going to represent England in this. Possible debates I think of for, nations. For me, the question of uh, nationalism also crosses over ethnicity. Is what I'm. Oh wow! To now, now, now you just. <laughs> oh, now just so, I just want to be more broad. I want to so, be more. So, wins going to be broad by uh, throwing a DNA. Card I am at the us. token Asian in this room. Okay. <laughs> So, well, I'm not you know, sure represent. we might have a ninja in the roof. You never know. We are in Japan. <laughs> we are. Japan. We oh are. And the roof is the sort of place a ninja would be. Let's be honest. Looking at the roof right now. And I'm sure I'm that doing. toilet seat's almost human. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it does know our names by mm. now and stuff like this. So, uh, yeah. That's random. You've actually just made me think, how long is it going to take before Japan tells you your DNA structure from the toilet? I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> right. diagnoses you with the plague. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've known I've got you that. You might want to see a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't listen to it. That I can't would be the scariest it. thing ever to hear from your toilet seat, wouldn't it? Or your phone. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> No, you get that already. You do. Well, you do. You, you, you seem to be followed and hacked by every government <laughs> under the sun. Have you never done the, um, the STD test in a club? Never. What? Never done have it. Nev have you never done it? Never heard of it. It's, um... They do it in, in Birmingham with the students. So you're in a club. They give you the, the pot to go and, you know, have a pee in. You give it them back. And then a couple of weeks later, you get a text saying, you know, you do not need to call whatever the company was called. What? Unless you have got something and then it comes up with you do need to call them. Well, that's uh, that's that, that's sobering. Uh, it's been. In, <laughs> have you in, never seen this? Well, no. I mean, I, my my student life would have taken place whilst everyone was a lot younger. So uh, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have made a much. I, I don't think the world cared so much. You used to get a free thing for doing it. That's the only reason I did it. <laughs> oh, I see. I did three a night. Oh my god! Just to get glow wow. sticks. You know what I mean? Wow! And <laughs> and great. everyone who's sitting there right now, around the world, tucking into whatever 
post-Christmas dinner you have left. Uh, I have it's to apologise. They're all drunk anyway. I have to, to apologise for the turn that this has taken. Uh, STD tests at clubs that give you perks. Who knew? Who knew? But uh, that's the joy of being from the UK. So here's the thing. Before we go into our excellent national-themed uh, three questions this week, I wanted to talk about things we discovered here in Japan currently, this sort of era of time. The first thing we discovered, and it's a really cool little town, very close to where we are, called Uena. Uh, not to be confused with Uno, and not to be confused with you-know-what. Just Uena. Or you know who. Exactly. Mm. There's a lot of yous and no's in this. But it's a really cool place. It's kind of like the old market area of Tokyo. Old uh, sort of... Wins told a story before, I think. Uh, sweet stalls used to be there because sugar mm, yeah. was mm-hmm. a thing. And <laughs> still is a thing. Uh, but this was before diabetes. So people were able to have sugar as much as they wanted. Uh, and their legs would just fall off. And things would happen, but there was no diabetes back then. So happy times. Uh, more complicated now. Hadn't been invented by then. <laughs> yeah, hadn't been yeah. invented. People's legs just <laughs> fell off randomly when yeah, they had yeah. too many sugary things, or they would go blind for no reason. Mm-hmm. But you know, we've kind of discovered that's diabetes. So anyway, it was uh, a different time and era, uh, but very famous place. And now it's pretty much Camden Market in Japan. It's mm. really close to that. I'm really cool. Really cool place. A lot of underground sort of malls. We have discussed this because we'd gone there previously mm. and said. Wow, there's actually a market in Japan. Who'd have thought? Because <laughs> I was pretty much sure there wasn't due to earthquakes. Anyway, that's a recap. So anyone who's been listening intently will be like, you already said this. Well, we've said extra <laughs> well, stuff. Well, we went back. We Get have, over it. Yeah, yeah. We're kind of nostalgically <laughs> going back and forwards. But when we went the first time, it was night. And we've been in the daytime We now. have. And let me tell you, big zoo there. Mm-hmm. Ueno has a zoo. Like, you'd never guess it in the nighttime. <laughs> the nighttime is just like one big city and there's some stuff near it. Now there's a zoo, whole zoo, nothing but the zoo. Uh a bit like Dudley, eh? Yeah, pretty much. We actually went there, and this is kind of a very cool story to say. Mm. We were again just kind of curious, having a look, really scouting the place out. Very famous temple nearby, super famous for the uh Boshi era and the samurai lifestyle here there's actually warrior tomb uh i've done a little bit of research it's basically some sort of support shock troops they called it who were actually put in by the shogunate in takagawa shogunate to guard the temple they all got wiped out quite mercilessly in a battle and this tomb is for those fallen warriors which is quite incredible man that's sort of very sobering moment if you're in that part that whole area is quite majestic it's very much the kind of japan that you want to see when you come to tokyo very rare to see this kind of stuff because it's laced in and around a huge metropolis but right opposite that is the zoo and i find it's we we were there on a particular special day it was quite a rainy day a bit drizzly but it was actually when they'd just uh, done the ceremony for the new emperor mm, the enthronement to, yeah. yeah yeah so We'd seen the kind of highlights on TV that morning, and we thought, well, we'll go out. It's pretty bad weather. 
but we'll go out anyway and we'll see what's up. And they were doing free admission for the zoo that day to celebrate mm-hmm. the emperor. Just want to add that we weren't actually planning to go to the zoo. We walked past the entrance <laughs> and it said free admission. And we were like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> that's but what we're doing. I, yeah. I never turned down a zoo anyway. Yeah, you're, you're free admission is just, you know, heaven. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, I mean, to be honest, it was quite a chance, really. It was quite, mm. a, quite a cool thing to do on a, such a special day here in Japan. And the construct here was the actual zoo itself is very cheap entry. Yeah. Most days. 600 yen, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Which so, is about a fiver. It is. It is. Just and, under. Yeah, yeah. Which is really cheap. And the point of Ueno Zoo is the interesting factor is it is part of a park. It's kind of snuck in, really. It's kind of stealthy. It's in that one side. There's a monorail link. Mm-hmm which I'm fairly certain you could throw a tennis ball about the same length of that monorail link. It's not oh, easily. Biggest, yes, it's tiny. It's not the biggest in the world. But it's split into two islands almost, separated by a lake, because we're surrounded by a lily pad upon lotus roots and mm. all kinds of things going on. Very amazing storks in this part of the world. So the bird, which I think is a national symbol of Japan, lives in that, that area. The zoo, you walk in, instantly has a petting zoo almost thing. You can't actually pet the animals, but it's more of a kind of domestic zoo. Children's zoo. Children's Mm, zoo. Lots of guinea pigs and rabbits. Lots of guinea pigs. But what's amazing is most of the animals within that zoo are English stuff that you see every day at my folks' house. That's the interesting thing. It's pretty cool, man. Like, we'll just do a quick breakdown. So you had a reptile area, Mm. you had bats and nocturnal animals. Very cool. Those areas, you kind of like normal, typical zoos, they're kind of separated, caved over in some sort of gimmick thing. The <laughs> ones in Ueno were really cool because one looked like Jurassic Park and one looked like Batman. So that was cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, really worth it. Actually worth it. Uh, you could spend a good day there. There's uh, yeah. a lot of stuff to eat, drink, buy and things like this. It's pretty cool, man. We it's, didn't it's pretty cool. get to do the main attraction though, did we? No, we weren't, we weren't allowed to be the main attraction. I think you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll find. The pandas are on their way, mm. which will be coming soon at a Ueno Zoo near you. I want to share my favorite one. What's that? The shoebill stork. Okay, so uh, look what that is up on uh, Google right now. I uh, think it's the inspiration of the Pokemon Psyduck. Awesome. So, uh, National Nerdism Day uh, is meant to not be on New Year's. Uh, I think that's a different day. But Wynn has approached both with with brilliance. That that was the weird... Was that the weird? That was the weird bird. The one that that looks like it's smiling smiling all the time. Yeah, the one that could rip your head off easily. The one that has really thin legs and a really big head. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, if you go on Google right now, what is it called? A shoe-build shoe stork? Yeah. Shoe-build mm. stork. Yeah. It looked prehistoric. It looked quite nasty. Yeah, it was rather cool. To me. Yeah, it was pretty massive as well. Mm. But we saw some pretty cool stuff, actually, in the zoo. I only did half of it. Mm-hmm. You guys went back because we had to film a few days after and did the other half of it. Mm. But there were some pretty amazing things to experience when we went. There was uh, some hippos you got pretty close to. Some rhinos that got really close to mm-hmm. you. 
all separated, obviously. <laughs> uh, when I say close, they weren't like on your foot, uh, which is a good thing. But basically, we saw some pretty cool stuff. We saw a dwarf crocodile, didn't we? Was it a crocodile or alligator? Less um, known dwarf there was, alligator or something. There was both, wasn't there? There was the um, it was the alligator that had the really thin nose. Oh yeah, which I think was the dwarf alligator. And then, and then, then the, the crocodile, crocodile was the uh, the huge thing in the next tank. Yeah, yeah. But which had like a million babies at that one point, and you just saw them all crowd together, and it freaked you out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it was just a, it's kind of I don't want to ruin it. If anyone's in Tokyo and you want a day trip, that's the place you do it. Weno Zoo, really cool. And mm. right in the center of it actually is a pagoda. Famous here, pagoda and shrine. And on the day we were there, and I think it might be a all year bar seasonal change, this stands like you're at a constant festival. Pretty cool. Like loads of mm. these Japanese stands, you'd see it a lot if you ever watch animation or anything like this, where there's a festival. They have the street stands, just stores, nothing complicated, selling you barbecued squid and all kinds of stuff going straight down towards a pagoda. Pretty special place. It really is. The zoo itself, I mean, it's just fun. It, yeah. it's, it's not complicated. There's a lot to do and see. Just fun. Very simple. And everyone who works there mostly is voluntary uh, working. So Yeah, we did see a lot of them, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, very communal. Which is nice to say. It is pretty. It was just mm. an amazing thing to just poke your head in, you know, have a look. I will also say as well that yeah. um, after we'd gone back to film the day after, um, pretty much straight afterwards... I saw one of the animals in their natural habitat mm. because there was a Japanese badger just randomly in the park having a kip yeah. with yeah. a load of people around it. Yeah. I was like, I've just seen you. Well, that's a good point. Because they had one in the zoo. Essentially, yeah. yeah, that's a good point to say. He probably got out. But there's a good point to say a lot of the, It's possible. Yeah. A lot of the animals here... Pigeons, be it that are wild, you see some owls actually, people holding them in. Yeah. Yeah. There was a girl with an owl on her arm. But you basically see a lot of these birds, pigeons, and they're super tame here. So it's like you get them in London or Birmingham all the time. They never get used to people. They kind of run away, fly off. These really do not. There's uh, an here. owl cafe in Ikebukuro. Yeah. Well, well, that's what the being famous for woman with the uh, the owls advertising, owl. wasn't it? An owl cafe. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't. I didn't actually go that close. I'm to see fairly what she was sure she was. I'm fairly because yeah. is the Makes sense. as you were saying to us is the name play on owl. Ikebukuro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Is the cafe's Excuse name? Because because Ikebukuro mm. and owl in Japanese is fukuro. So. Yeah. It's basically there the same go. Japanese letter with two extra dots, from yeah. what I understand. With By the way, we're now tangenting off to a different area uh, of Tokyo, but basically that area is quite symbolic with owls. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of very unique owls as well, very Japanese, almost a uh, breed of owl that I think is indigenous to here. I haven't seen it before. It looks a little bit like a barn owl, but a lot smaller and less dangerous. <laughs> but um, <laughs> basically going back to Anozu and all of this, so we're just having a general talk of, of animals, really. Animals are huge in the, in the consciousness of Japan. There's so many 
you know, you'll hear cat cafes, dog cafes, rabbit cafes, owl cafes, even a penguin cafe. There's things like this all over Tokyo and probably the whole of Japan. In, in the UK and America, zoos are a kind of more corporate presentation. And they feel more separate, like it's, it's a more professional thing. Whereas I feel like Ueno felt more communal, like it was like a community zoo, which was cool. It was, it's the equivalent of having a public swimming bath where everyone can go and chill out and do. it's not too expensive and you can go 50 times a year or whatever. It felt like that. And I think the only thing that's ever felt remotely like that and still not so much is Dudley Zoo, you know, <laughs> which is communal as well. But Ueno is quite special in that regard. It's very much a work for the community, by the community, and it's pretty mm. awesome to see it. They're just literally redoing the panda thing, and there's going to be a whole thing. They were building a whole new th- sort of side of it. So if you get to go in the future, it's definitely worth your checkout. And Ueno, we were saying before, is a really quite an amazing place. And I'm going to stop just at the point where I think someone's just dragged half the world's cans down the street, which sounded <laughs> interesting. If you can pick that up, it could be the badger that Pete was talking about. And yeah, it might be. They are well known for carrying cans, cans around. Yeah, they, they're can-dragging mm. <laughs> pandas. Everyone knows that. But they're called mm. badgers here. I don't really understand it. So, Ueno. We got into Ueno, and we really wanted to explore it. You know, it's a kind of famous place. And there were sides to it we had not seen before. Mm-hmm. The first thing we wanted to do, which is something Pete had asked me about directly, is pachinko. Pachinko mm. in Japan. I'm just going to break this down <laughs> very, very quickly to anyone who's coming into Japan who doesn't know the culture of it. Well, pachinko is kind of like gambling, but obviously in Japan you can't gamble. So there's this incredible loophole that they created where you could have a gambling-centered place, but instead of it just being a cash payout, there's an in-between. So the loophole became you'd play these things, win these coupons, and then trade the coupons at a separate place. Usually if it's a cash payout, you go to a little pawn shop near the the center, but not quite. Or it would be that you would trade your earned points for items on site that are nothing to do with money, like a handbag or a candy Mm. or whatever. You'd actually... um... You trade it on site, but you trade it for what's called a special prize, which well, is what that's you then go way, and that's another way of doing and sell, it. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's either. I think if it's a big cash prize, it's like a golden nugget mm. that's all fake gold, like coated plastic. Yeah. You then take that to a separate entity, yeah, and sell it for the cash prize, which is quite often owned by the same people. It's always owned by the same people, <laughs> yeah. and you can never take your winnings anywhere else mm. into a different pachinko hall or anything. There's all these rules, but basically the loophole is you're actually using something to trade, so therefore it's not gambling. So it's kind of like Dave and Buster's <laughs> does Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So you know how in the UK you'll play loads of kind of basketball games, you get these stream of tickets, and then you trade that for a big yeah. fluffy toy. It's literally that. But the pachinko machine is super unique. Mm-hmm. And pachinko is such a Japanese thing that it's almost impossible to explain to someone who's got no idea of what that is. Well, we had pretty much I, no I, idea. I had, I had some idea yeah. of it. 
from basically like simulations and stuff, but mm. I've not seen anything modern. <laughs> and I think I said that to you. But the modern stuff is like it's it's almost part fruit machine, part it's hard to explain it. Yeah. It's like you got a TV screen it's in the half middle. It's pinball, half fruit machine. It is, yeah. It's a bit ski ball too because you got to get balls into a hole. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's completely random. You don't have any control. There's no flips and stuff on the ones we were playing. You just have the trigger to you shoot balls. You have a wheel up. to turn to shoot your balls yeah. out, don't and you? Then it goes into, into a mini it. game where you have to kind of cross section uh, fish, fish or whatever, <laughs> like a fruit machine. So you have to match the fish. Yeah. Very bizarre. Anyway, so we played that. Pete having absolutely zero clue what's going on. Me <laughs> figuring it out quicker because I'd done something similar in the past, simulated uh, in video games and stuff like this. So I kind of knew it, but didn't. This thing was alien as hell, wasn't it? Yeah. So the thing that I found interesting is you play it, your balls are collected, and then you get these cards shoot out mm. on this machine. Like a credit card. Yeah, like it looks like a credit card yeah. that just flies at you from <laughs> this little port. Basically, from what I could understand, after you finish playing the game, so you put in your money, and you use up all your goes, then whatever points you get comes out on the card. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, basically you have a, a limited stack of so many balls, like thousands. And once they're all gone through the process of the machine, whatever hadn't fallen in the center hole on this particular machine, uh, basically they correlate to, so if you trap 60 in a game, mm. so you got got 1,000 to start with, and 60 of that 1,000 go into the hole, that's your point total, right? So it counts up the balls that you've collected through the main hole, if anything else falls in any direction, a bit like pinball, you lose all of those balls. Mm -hmm. It's basically statistics. And I'm assuming as well, if you because we never didn't manage to match any fish. Yeah. If we had, we'd have had a lot more added to that total. Well, I think that's yeah. I think the fish matching element or the fruit machine element to the actual game is very digitally biased. I think the mm. more money you throw in the more likely you're going to oh, get it. Oh, of course. That's how, that's how they work. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm pretty sure on this particular thing, it doesn't matter what you try and do. <laughs> on that, it's never going to really work. You it's know? not cheap either, because like, the really minimum not. was 1,000 yen, so that's about seven quid yeah. for one play, essentially. Like You have well, a few goes within well, you, that. You, but... you got, what, 250 balls, was it, for that? And five rounds of it? Yeah. Something like that? But basically, that's the minimum you're paying mm. for whatever but basically time. Basically, also, just to point this out, the thing about pachinko halls is they're like triple stacked. There's probably four or five floors. Yeah. Yeah. And, they're massive. And basically, each machine is put into a department of, say, a mid-range, which I think we were on. Then you have your cheaper stuff, which will be mm. on the lower, and then you'll have your highfalutin stuff on the top. It might alternate, like the more expensive stuff's on the bottom, the cheaper stuff's on the top. But I think you can do cheaper versions of what we were doing. So mm. it might go up from like 500 yen. It might even be 100 yen machines. Mm. But what we were doing is what I would say the happy medium. Yeah. And basically the payoff on this is so lame. Like you'll get, say, like three coupons and think, oh, yeah, I've done pretty good here. And then it'll be like going to D&B and say like <laughs> Dave and Buster's. Instead of getting this massive cuddly Tasmanian devil that everyone wants, you get like a stick of rock, well done, lad. Mm -hmm. You know, it's basically the crappiest gifts you could possibly get. For <laughs> what did you get? You got a I got a drink. 
Box of cookies. I got some cookies, a wafer, uh, and some apple juice. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty and much. A complimentary. Uh, oh, a complimentary lo- candy. Complimentary. Uh, yeah. Piece, piece <laughs> of. I think piece that was for candy. the yeah, extra because I think you got thirty-three tokens. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. you got a candy for the three, and then uh, tickets for thirty. Oh, pr- of probably, it. probably. <laughs> but it was like that kind of stupid. Mm. And then you're left going, I feel really good about my bag of crap. And then you, you go upstairs like and you realise, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. go upstairs and you realise all of this is the most expensive crap I'm ever going to buy. And <laughs> yeah. it's all worth like one pound outside of this place. Yep. But, you know, that's it's kind of a con. Well, there's your experience. It is an experience. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Pete came away, I think he didn't have a clue what he was doing, so he came away with zilch. Which I, I came away with an experience. Yes, I felt a bit <laughs> sorry for. <laughs> I think he was cheating. <laughs> That's why I the machine the, the machine didn't read your points or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so Pachinko. I've got to be honest, in the culture of Japan, it makes sense. It's almost like you get any experience of a simulated gambling hall, but it's not necessarily... It's not mm. like going to Vegas. In fact, Vegas must freak Pachinko players out because it's more direct than your wins. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But basically, one thing I'm going to say, we don't, uh, I, I especially don't gamble and I'm not really a big gambler and I don't really believe in it. But I will say this. It's not a gamble if you need new t-shirts and apparel to go to Hobo Bay because they are our sponsor. They've sponsored us. They've given us all of our t-shirts for season two in Hong Kong. They're a Hong Kong-based company, and they're absolutely amazing because there's nothing quite like Hobo Bait. They're just funny, different, great designs, awesome, very special, unique because they're Hong Kong. They're part of the Teespring community. Uh, basically, just go there, order whatever you want. You get it on all sizes, all the colors, all the options that you want. You go onto the website, and that website is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Hobo Bait. That's the years. Start your new years by getting the hobo bait stuff. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this phase one is out now. It's new all year, phase new one t-shirts. Mm. Yeah, exactly. They've designed some stuff uh, for fans of our show and stuff that's basically based on our characters. So you got to go there right now. That's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hobo baits. Don't get caught gambling. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, so... Basically, you know, I mean, I think pachinko is, it's an acquired taste. It does get addictive, though, because once you start figuring it out, you start understanding, man, I've got, I got this. Mm. It's got that false kind of sense of confidence. Then you come out. The gamblers the world over. Yeah, got. exactly. Yeah. But then you I've come got out. I've special table. Yeah, but I, I find that the, I think the gambling addiction really starts when you actually have a sincere victory. I yeah. think Pachinko, you could be there for 57 years <laughs> and you'd probably get a, at best, a handbag that's worth nothing, mm. you know. But basically you look through the observation bit outside and you just see the old lads, these pretty old veterans playing this thing. And it's quite insane. You just see them clocking up. There is a skill to it. And there's obviously some way to read the pegs because it's all pins. Mm. And there's technicians that do these things. And I'm <laughs> sure they go in and just rip the place off. But it's it's just a unique thing. It really is. Definitely worth a crack if you're ever curious. Mm. But don't expect to come out winning a new car or a boat or no. something. And there's no English at all. Absolutely zero. So you don't get any help whatsoever. I had 
Well, we didn't know how the points worked or the exchange. You oh, know, I did. It... I figured it out pretty much. The problem is there's, there's this thing when you have the card, there was a machine. And usually in things like this, you put the card in the machine, get a digital payout, and then a receipt comes out. You take that downstairs. In this, we put a card in. The machine said, I don't think so, pal. <laughs> Threw the card out because I think that's from membership cards, like a tab. Anyway, so then I had we to went downstairs someone. and we had to do yeah. all of this mm. well, margy gargy stuff. When I say ask. <laughs> yeah, mime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somehow communicate. I think if there's ever Westerners in pachinko halls, they must have good Japanese to even walk through the door usually. We're just crazy. Yeah. And that's our story. We just walked in, sat down and shoved some money in a machine. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> and, and they can't really say no at that point, can they? Well, and it's also kind of presumed... <laughs> kind of presume we knew what we were doing mm. and got a sausage so anyway we are moving... very confident aren't we yeah we are we, we, yeah. we, we play confident really well yeah. uh that's the thing uh you were putting stuff in the in the in the bin next year i didn't get that but uh, that's all good <laughs> just love letters to the person who is uh supervising the floor anyway so moving yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 moving away so amazing experience everyone really polite in there mm-hmm. didn't feel dodgy or anything just felt kind of like a laugh kind of like an arcade really nothing more than that so we moved out of uh, the pachinko place had an amazing meal of soba noodles like mochi soba so slightly chewier than normal uh i had curry on my very good great place to went over stuff like that Mm. some really good sort of local Japanese delicacies. Everything's very easy to just walk in. They've got English menus are everywhere, pretty much. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, really old school style, you know. It's not like flashy new corporate. It's <laughs> all local stuff. Very cool. Um, and then what? What did we do? We we went round the corner, actually, because you wanted to find the Hard Rock Cafe. Yep. It's weirdly in kind of a train mall, wasn't it? The shop was, yeah. yeah. The shop... It, it, because generally they're attached to the uh, the actual restaurant, but yeah, yeah. this one was just yeah, yeah in the sorry, train station in the middle of nowhere, as but you it, do. It's kind of important to say that flipping the scene from Hard Rock was this mega department store for toys. Yeah, which I can only say is Japan's version of Hamleys mm-hmm. in London, famous toy shop in London. Uh, used to be. London based only. I believe they branched out and did stuff in America at certain airports, especially if you come in from America to London, mainline being New York or somewhere else. But the thing that blew my mind is okay, so this is all Japanese toys and stuff like this, every layer, just like Hamley's in London, every level of this uh, department store, different stuff, different toys, different themes, different whatever. Yeah. Get to the top, all model kits and stuff like this. And then I was like, right, so I've seen that. Is that like a blatant ripoff of Hamleys? So I type into <laughs> my phone, does Japan have a Hamleys, right? And lo and behold, in Yokohama, not so far away, going there actually soon, there's a freaking Hamleys. <laughs> so yeah, there's a special place there, which is called the World Porters, mm. which is like a mega mall. And each place in this is like famous chains from around the world and Hamleys happens to be there. So that's kind of cool. So this place in, in um, Ueno is basically like Camden again, but Hamleys is in Camden. 
And there was a pub called The World's End, which was even weirder. Yes, The World End. So yeah, the multi-story Hamleys Japan version, I guess. It, mm. It's not the one in Yokohama. This this is very Japanese, but really cool shop. Very cool. Yeah. Worth checking out. Ueno's just wonderful. Like, you've got the main strip, all the old markets, restaurants and stuff like this. Then it backs up into an ultra-modern place, which is pretty much where you'll find the Hard Rock Cafe and all that. But that whole street was just kind of an incredible experience, you know? Just go into that store. You can't miss it. You see the World End pub. <laughs> you can't miss that. Right next to it is the department store I'm yep. talking about. If you're ever here, check it out. So that's kind of a winner uh, in a nutshell and our time there. We're now going to bring this back around. It's New Year's. <laughs> Nothing says New Year's. You're with your family. Everyone's from a different place, usually. Now, this <laughs> kind of modern era. Mm. Everyone's got different cultural backgrounds, so to speak. Different nationalities. You'll have someone in your family who's not from your neighborhood. But we want to get nationalism here. Uh, just to depress everyone for New Year's. It's kind of a tradition. <laughs> you, you want to be depressed enough that you go out and party harder. Or something. Just be careful if you're drinking and no gambling. We don't condole it. Gambling is legal in the UK. Just don't like it. <laughs> Just don't like it unless it's a sure thing and then it wouldn't be gambling. <laughs> nah, I've got nothing wrong with it. If you want to go out and have New Year's in Vegas or, you know, your local gala bis- bingo or... Gala biscuits. Gala biscuits, yeah. yeah. Or uh, Ascot. <laughs> I don't know if they're doing anything in New Year's. Or, uh, you know... Uh, Betting on Greyhounds, I don't know what you do. Uh, I would bet on the uh, Game of Thrones ending, disappoint most people in the world, and I think I'd be right. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we, here we, we are. We can't talk about that yet, because Wynne hasn't seen it. She hasn't. We will at some point. But here we go. So the three questions, which are nationalists, sort of... I'd say nationalist is a very triggered word. <laughs> they have national theme. Mm. So, Winifred. Mine's about national pride. Right, well, there you go. There you go. Look at you. Look at you with your pride and proudness. Mine's more about national disappointment. <laughs> Mine's just national. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. The Goldilocks yeah. of nationalism. There you go. So <laughs> I think we're going to go Pete first because it's just, it makes sense. Pete first, win, then me. Okay. Cool. So what would you most like to change about your country? Uh, peace on earth and the protest stop. <laughs> <laughs> Being in Hong I Kong. want everyone to be mm. happy and uh, I hope we find that middle ground politically and socially well I mm. just think the impasse has to happen it would be nice especially if you are talking about Hong Kong because you have to specify that um, <laughs> I would say that in Hong Kong it'd just be nice if uh, things return to what Hong Kong really is about because mm-hmm. mm. it's just devastating at this point seeing what's happened for so long now you mm-hmm. know but whatever <laughs> happy new years new year wish everything peaceful yeah. upon peace on earth peaceful upon Great hong peace kong. In hong kong yeah mm. anything you'd change in china um i can't say much because my knowledge of what's happening on the ground there is limited uh but i think whatever inequality that's happening anywhere including china if it can be resolved in some way that would be ideal 
Again, world peace. Well, if Bill Gates gave me 10 million quid, that'd help resolve the, uh, you know, the, the, the wealth gap. I'd just buy an island and not care. <laughs> I think that's what you'd do if Bill yeah. Gates was your mate. Um, so, Danny? So you'd literally just be mates with Bill Gates? Is that your answer to your own question? No, that wasn't my answer. Oh, okay. You <laughs> should do, do you want me to You do yours last? Well, I'm English, so mine's obvious. Okay, go, go for it. The bloody weather. <laughs> The weather, yeah. <sighs> what well, global warm is happening? Maybe mm-hmm. that's happening. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, but then that means we get even colder winters, and it's yeah. cold enough as it is. That is true. But I'd like a decent summer. We have them occasionally. Well, theoretically, under global warming, England's going to get colder, not hotter. But that's not really happening. I mean, actually, loads of theories about this. I mean, we do moan about it all the time, but. We've got one of the most temperate climates. We've got, actually, almost perfect weather. Yeah. We don't have any major disasters. There's no hurricanes, typhoons. Earthquakes. Earthquakes. Mm. We don't have any of that in England. That's true. Well, we have had classically earthquakes. We have had tornadoes. The tornadoes we have... Yeah, they're not dangerous. No, we have... (laughs) Tornadoes that would make anyone in Texas go, that's not a tornado. They knock a few roof tiles off. Maybe. <laughs> or yeah. just hit your it cans of coke it. into your leg. I don't know. It's very simple. Isn't that because the definition of a tornado is just like the swirling wind, and so you have different no, it's, levels? No, it's, it's got to have its own epicenter, right. and ours do, but they're on a, such a small spectrum, yeah. you can actually see them. Uh, literally. The one that literally has <laughs> done the most damage in my lifetime took a few tiles off the roof of the house at the end of the road. Right. Yeah, which was a shed, let's be honest. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to turn on, because I'm representing America on this mm-hmm. one. And as I, like, what a what an honor and a privilege. So what would I change about America? Wow, what a loaded question. Uh, you're asking a dude that's, that's, that's got a whole list of what I'd change about America. Uh, well, to be fair, so Americans, by and large, wouldn't change a lot about the people of America, but the government needs to be jackhammered to death. Mm. and start again for an angle because I just think I mean at some point they're going to have to update the constitution they're going to have to make that plunge and they're going to have to modernise just to be relevant because at this point you know it's an infrastructural issue I guess infrastructural problems correct Um, you know if you're talking about the world leader of any any planet (laughs) we've got a lot of alien friends in my head Um, if you're looking at uh, any Pretty much the pride of the world, America is. Like, America is the inspirational landmark of our planet. We can't deny that. I would turn around and say, if you don't have healthcare for everyone, you've stepped far behind the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to say that you're the leaders of the free world with that under your belt, you're not. Saying that, Congress has more power than the president now which something went wrong there. Uh, the Senate structure, all of the tiers, all the bureaucratic tiers, all of that needs to change. It would be awesome to just update everything from the people for the people. Get the people to give the solution. Do not ask a politician to change anything. The people need to change it. And I think if you're talking the Passover, the old America doesn't represent the young America. So all of these solutions have to come from the young that's what I would do to change America because honestly, that's all that needs happening there. You know, everything else is individual. It's too individual. You can't say gun crime is down to the, the nation. It's not. Yeah. 
complex yeah. questions. Yeah, really. so I would say politically you need to change well, America. just ban the guns and we're all sorted, aren't we? Mm. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a little harder to do that there, but yeah, sure. Heavy I mean, that's, that's a solution a lot of people would agree with, <laughs> but I think that's it. You're taking a right away in a you free country. You get a lot less people shot in England, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, in England. Yeah, but freedom, yeah. question mark? <laughs> I mean, Debatable. like, freedom to be able to go out and shoot things. Mm. Is not a freedom that you particularly need. It's not strictly like that would be, oh yeah, you have a gun so you should murder people. You have the right to own weaponry. You have the right to defend yourself. Yeah, but not to necessarily Every, kill people. Everyone should just learn martial arts. The yeah. end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I'm going to say, like in a free country, if you take away a freedom, you're actually not a free country. So it's a really mm. hard victory point. Balance. Most people in the US would agree with that. Yeah. I'm sure. I, I think but so. I also don't have the freedom to go and punch somebody. That's, they, been, take, you that's been taken away from me. But you don't have that in the US either. That's what I'm saying. It's it's, it's still the same. The gun, it's but that's not, something that's been taken away from me. No, you have the freedom to do that, but yeah. you need to live with the consequences. Yeah. But it's also a case where it's not constitutional to say you have a firearm that you can then legally shoot people with. <laughs> that's not mm. what it says. It's just the right to defend yourself with a firearm, mm. and that's a freedom. And then, and then everything in the middle is a gray area. But yeah. that, this is when what, someone gets I mean, shot. this is awesome, because we've spun this <laughs> oh out into God. a New Year's <laughs> argument. And anyone who's out there who's joining in right now, Happy uh, New Year's. This is what it feels like. Mm. It's around the corner New Year's. You have these arguments throughout Christmas. We're just reenacting it. <laughs> my, just my terminology, if you know America or any other nation, if you try and apply your own morality to that culture, you're actually judging the culture on your own morality, being the fact that in the UK, we've never had the right. In our lifetime, our grandparents didn't either. You know, it's been a while since we had the right mm. to, to bear arms. In the USA, though, it would be the equivalent of banning smoking or vaping like that. It's a freedom that you're taking away from people constitutionally. So I'm just saying it's more akin to that, you know, in principle. So Pete's second question. Cool. Um, have you ever felt ashamed of your country when you've been abroad? Yeah. Um, when you board a plane and all the Chinese people start lining up like way ahead of time and suddenly the queue's like, too far away and you still have like half an hour mm. oh my god <laughs> i hate that or they stand right at the end of a flight before they're allowed to kind of i hate thing. that but i have to do it as well because otherwise i'll be at the end of the queue <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's kind of a slight charm i feel like uh. when you're actually going to hong kong when you see that because it's so Again, it's a culture shock, essentially, because you, you know in the UK you can't do things like that. You... It's something I've never understood, queuing to get on a plane, mm. because you've got your seat. Yeah. I think it's because of the hand luggage, because if you mm. have quite a bit of hand luggage yeah. and you don't have enough space near you, yeah. you have to put it somewhere else. Yeah. And then it's, when you get off the plane, it's a, psychological, <laughs> it's a hassle. It's all psychological. I think it's just down from the fact that it's always been their culture to do that, you know. It's first come, first, first, come first serve, serve. Mm -hmm. in, in the entire of Hong Kong. It's like that, and definitely in China. If you yeah. miss your chance, you miss your chance. <laughs> right, so, Pete? Uh, yes. Um, the worst one was when I was in Latvia. Yeah. Um, and me and my ex-girlfriend had popped into a bar to watch the football, and there was a bunch of raucous English lads in there taking the mick out of a guy 
and they all suddenly upped and left. And it turns out that they'd actually destroyed the toilet door. Mm. And I don't mean just kind of knocked it off the hinges. I mean there was holes in the thing. Just punched through it. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool at all. And you hear, you do hear a lot about it, especially from the English. Mm. We're better than we used to be, but we're, you know, still not great. Well, I think... Um... Like notoriously, because it's difficult, I can't really represent the USA for this one. I can sort of say, as a British person looking at someone from America, I think the only thing that uh, Americans should feel ashamed of when they're in the UK, for example, is uh, not being able to understand the underground. That's just lame, dudes. <laughs> it's all color coordinated. Come on, guys, get, get a grip. But I'm going to answer the question officially, kind of ex- elaborate on what you said, Pete. When the British go abroad, usually, my biggest experience of that is in Spain. Mm. I will say it's more up-tempo in Los Angeles, but no one's really on holiday. Everyone's trying to get into the system in LA. Uh, Florida, everyone's there to do Disney, so it's not a big deal. When you're really talking about the pub holidays, you know, where you just bar hop in the whole thing or something yeah. like this, the thing that's super sad to witness about the, the young British, and it is predominantly the young it's just how little respect they have for where they are. Mm. It's all this kind of self-entitlement. And that's been going for so long. And it is really sad because it's almost like no one's got the consciousness of you're in someone else's house and you're just raiding it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's something that we have a big problem. And hopefully people listening to this will be turned to change that if you're in the UK or from mm. the UK. But, yeah, Americans... I don't think they have to be ashamed of anything abroad except for uh, how bad they are at using the London Underground. <laughs> and I can't even imagine how they'd fall apart in Tokyo because, geez. But hey ho. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Where are we going next, Pete? My last one. Mm-hmm. What's the most common misconception about your country? That we're all good at math. <laughs> that yeah, that is a widespread math. one. The Mathics. end. I mean, maths. Maths. Maths, mm. yeah, mathematics. Plural. <laughs> yeah. Don't go American. You're not allowed. I'm representing America. All right, all right. Maths. I only have the accent. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? I know, what's yeah, up with that Chinese weird, person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just weird. Yeah. No, I, I have a theory that because Chinese people, in our language, there's a lot of memorization mm. in terms of the language itself. And so when we're doing math, again, memorization is key. Uh, also, the numbers, when we use numbers, it's, uh, well, uh, words, they're all one syllables. So when we do math, it's like a little rhyme, and we can calculate things really quickly and learn things really quickly. Okay. At a basic level. Whether or not you get to pure math is an entirely <laughs> yeah. different question. By and, by and large, misconception, you are all very good at math in, in Asia. I don't especially, think I'm good at math. Especially Hong Kong, hence the world's banks all being there. So, I mean, for a misconception, it's a bit hard not to it's have It's more one. of a stereotype, I think. <laughs> it yeah, is, it yeah. is. But I understand your point. Yeah. And not everyone is. There are some thickos. And <laughs> mm-hmm. you got to have shout-outs to thickos. Most of those are in the arts. <laughs> Hi. <up>. So, uh, <laughs> moving along. Pete, what do you reckon? What's the, what's the biggest misconception of people from England? We're all top-at-wearing posh tea drinkers. That is yes, your... you are yes, yeah. Most of you are tea drinkers, though. Um, yeah, only you, alien boy. Well, 
I think you'll find a lot of people are more coffee drinkers than tea drinkers. I don't know, man. By and large, I think it's always been a mutual. Mm. I mean, we drink a fair amount of tea, don't get me wrong. But, I you think, know. I think if you're talking tea in culture, in the weirdest way ever, we are still very much that stereotype. But it doesn't mean that you're posh. That's mm. the thing that you got to talk about. Yeah. It's not high, high tea, tea at noon. High tea. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's okay. cultural to certain mm. cities, but not really the whole UK. I can tell you, being a waiter, I serve a lot more coffee than I do tea. Sure. But I don't think people would want to go out for tea as much. Yeah. Anymore. No. Because it's, it's, it doesn't make sense when you got it at home. Especially you know? like, oh, <laughs> yeah. it's cold, let's have a cup of tea. Oh, you're upset, let's sit down and have a cup of tea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? On the same notion, why go out and have beer if you pee when you're surrounded by it at home? You know? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I understand your point. It, mm, it, does, yeah. it, it would make an incredible discovery to see how true you are about that if people mm. have converted to coffee more than tea in the yeah. UK. Oh, then, I, I wonder if it is a generational thing again. Yeah. Probably. I, I think I think we've already answered the but the biggest misconception about America, knowing about gun legalities and <laughs> and, and the constant you know yeah. you know basically it's that's a misconception, big time, because it's so obvious to say that as far as gun crimes, all of these horrific shootings in high school and things like this, it's so easy to turn around to say like you know that's down to gun laws. I think you got to really see the scale and the history of the USA. It would be an identity breach if you killed the ability to hold firearms for a lot of people. We'll see. Watch this space. You know, it's a, it's a tough call, man. We can only look at that from our own interpretation. Biggest misconception of the USA? Apart from that, oh, Pete's doing the whole everyone's fat. <laughs> is, that, is that what you think? Is that is that what you think? Like the misconception of America? They're all fat and do unquestionable things with their sisters. Mm. Oh, <laughs> is that your misconception? <laughs> um, wow. I uh, think I think one might be that they're not very well traveled because you don't really mm. need a passport in the U.S. to to travel within the U.S. and. I'm not sure if that's a misconception. Well, no, because is it, that, do you it's think about that's more 50 percent of Americans have don't a passport, have a passport. Yeah. I think and that's I not think, a misconception. Yeah, I that's, think that's a, a fact. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. well, <laughs> sorry. Well, we've turned the table on that one. I think just to just to hit back the uh, the fat thing, you know, sheer size and population and state and you, that that's almost impossible mm. to work out, man. Like mm. how many obese Americans are there compared to statistically Europeans? Mm. Very hard to work that I one. I think up. I think they're slightly higher than Europe, but I'm not, not enough sure. to. I'm really not sure because California is obviously notoriously healthier. Mm. Yeah. So is New York now. Mm. But I think my biggest misconception uh, for Americans is: Does anyone actually like Donald Trump? Because mm. they <laughs> voted him in doesn't mean they liked him. Mm. I think the people voting Donald Trump in. Wanted some crazy times. <laughs> Just did it for a laugh. <laughs> they were literally like, I want to see Jackass for 10 years. Yeah, anyway, so yep. hey-ho. Uh, what a history that was. <laughs> uh, misconceptions done. Uh, mm. So, Winifred, your three questions. Go for it. Uh, mine are quite short, so let's see. The first one is, what is your favorite national dress and why? So within the world, uh, people have different national costumes. Do you have any thoughts on that? That you want to share? Well, obviously, the sensible answer is Liverpool home kit. What? That's um, not a national costume. <laughs> oh, it is. It's, uh, it's very much recognised as a national costume. I don't know if a lot of clients wearing it over the years. 
Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, world's best footballers. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, for, for an actual national national, it's a tough one. Like, I would say kimono, probably. Mm. Um, the guy and a girl variety. Sure. How many national dress things, unless it's ceremonial, are still in existence in Japan? They are still very much part of culture here. And I think very few places mm. can say that. But if I was to have a secondary, just slight nod, it would be uh, flamenco in Spain, mm. Andalusia especially, because it's so historically linked right. to that area. But kimono, because it's still very relevant. Yeah. Especially yeah. Kyoto, it's, it's an icon. So mm. yeah, go for it. Yours. Cool. I'd have to go for the kilt. Okay. Yep. Because <laughs> seeing a big, hairy Scottish guy wearing a skirt and still looking cool yeah <laughs> yep you can't beat it yeah. hard to pull off mm-hmm. hard mm. to pull off not to the irish though they do yeah, it too they do and uh look stunning especially ceremony ceremonially <laughs> but the thing about kilts that's really cool is everyone's got clan tartan yeah. and that's one yeah. of the coolest things ever we don't have almost that's like wearing like your that history on your clothes <laughs> well it is it's your yeah. bloodline it's your mm. roots and yeah. i think that's kind of near the kimono level of mm. rarity it's yeah. pretty awesome yeah different clan tartan mm. really good my favorite is uh the sari sorry yeah what? the sari the indian <laughs> sari because i think it's so versatile and i just love the the material the cloths and the designs that they have mm. yeah. It's uh, it size doesn't matter because again, just, it's just the way you wrap it. Yeah, you know? it's and it's, like, it's also it's again awesome. kind of an item that hasn't really stopped. Mm. It's still very relevant yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in culture and history even to this day, and Absolutely. become modern with modern sort of versions of it mm-hmm. that you know updated itself but maintaining its national identity. Yeah. Pretty cool. I mean, I really love Chinese clothes as well, and but it's not really national. It's not really a national costume. It's more like they take. Uh, we take Chinese designs and modernize them. And well, I think also, that's pretty interesting as well. I think in China it's never been national because it's always represented the everyman. Mm. It's never been for regal or statesly. Yeah, yeah. It's always been for anyone, you know. The design is the same, but the materials like, may differ. Yeah, yeah, because you'll see if you're in Hong Kong or China, you usually see the older people still wearing things mm-hmm. like that daily. Yeah, the cheapo. You know, yeah. Whereas if you're kimono, it's basically for something super special. Yeah. Or, or it takes unfortunately, so long to put that on. You know? yeah. I, tr- I tried putting on one of the summer ones, which only only has two layers, and yeah. it took like an hour. <laughs> yeah. But it, it represents something in regality, yeah. a kimono, whereas not an everyday thing like a Chinese attire. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting that. All right, second one. What are you most proud of that's come from your country? I think the fact that we, we can keep failing in the World Cups and still go back to the next one thinking, yeah, we're going to win this. <laughs> no it's other called, country. It's called denial. Yeah. No other country in the world has the same expectations as we do going into the major tournaments. <laughs> or the same, always think or the same hatred for every <laughs> international referee. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. Yeah, every single time, without exception, apart from the last one, actually, we actually went in with low expectations for the last one and made the semi finals. Yeah, there you go. Cool. <laughs> Obviously, the thing I'm most proud of uh, in, in my country, apart from Pete, he's uh, from my country. I can't <laughs> represent America for this. I will give you a double barrel American one, though. Uh, but for the UK, especially. 
Liverpool, obviously, as the whole city, the football club, the identity, the Beatles, all of that. But that kind of actually tangents to music in the UK. Mm. We've always stood against That's the rest of the one. world and being one of the best at it. Yeah. Uh, set some trends and set some, you know, records. And the identity of our music scene is unlike anything else in the world. Died a bit now, but it shouldn't be forgotten because I think it can revive any second, you know, just takes the right amount of clicks and me to record an album. But um, <laughs> basically, no, nah, man, music set in football as well. You know, it's changed the world, essentially, our, our version of the sport. But uh, yeah, that. Um, for America, there's, there's so many. Uh, Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> mm, Texas, got to thank for Dr. Pepper. Thanks, Texas. Um, donuts, uh, not in the way that we do them, but in the weird ring-iced way that America does them. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Pizza. But not for the spelling of donuts. Yeah, exactly. Pizza is basically cake, you know, like massive, <laughs> huge pizza. Uh, no, for America, there's only one name that I'll bring up, one name only, and that's Duncan. And if you're listening, Dunk, you're the greatest thing to come out of your country. There you go, buddy. <laughs> and hopefully uh, you'll get me that 50 quid present that I want. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's my answers. When your third one? No, I haven't answered mine yet. Oh, you haven't? Sorry, we, we're... You're most proud of your country. Sorry, we totally took you out of that. <laughs> okay, go for it. Okay, so uh, mine is fiber optics because Sir Charles Cao was, um, he went to Chinese university and he invented or uh, was one of the engineers who developed the fiber optic cable. Yeah. Which now gives us internet. Yeah. Yep. Except for our house and in in uh in hong kong yeah we're still waiting on ours but uh everyone else has got it around the world we all mm-hmm. know what fiber optics are uh <laughs> unfortunately that's just the irony of the situation mm-hmm. invented there but not quite got it yet we live so, in the boonies yeah we do Can't be helped. Uh, we we are in a cave with a sun hole yeah. when we are there but we're in japan right now so mm. that leaves us to our last question from you there Wynn. okay um, any suggestions for alternative national anthems for any country? Any country. So I'll we're start. not locked. Go yeah. for it. Um, I think that China should change its national anthem to Andy Lau's Chinese people, Zhongguoren, because it encapsulates the spirit, I think, of inclusiveness. Controversial. Slightly. Especially when Andy Lau's Hong Kong born <laughs> as well. Pete? Um, England, absolutely fine as it is, of course. Um, but Scotland might as well change theirs to the Proclaimers. Yeah. everybody <laughs> thinks it is anyway. Yeah. 500 so, miles. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Or Rod Stewart, uh, any particular song. Yeah. Uh, Rod Stewart for Scotland. Although Biffy Clyro would work well. Yeah, Biffy should. It's more authentic mm. to use Biffy, I think. The Captain. Yeah. Or just... Uh, That'd be a good one for them. Yeah. Do you remember when you were near you? You know, when <laughs> that, that, that's a good Biffy song that's waiting to come out just in case Scotland does get their independence. Um, for me, I will tackle America um, first and say that America obviously needs the uh, Team America song. 
from the <laughs> film the same name. Uh, we are PG, so we can't we're, uh, we're sing it. We're not going to quote the song. We're not going to talk about it. Uh, everyone who's seen Team America knows about it. And if you aren't... And it's now going off in your head. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And if you're not of age to understand this, uh, don't look it up on YouTube. <laughs> no. But if you are of age, which is anyone from the age of uh, three plus, uh, look mm-hmm. for it on YouTube and you will see how perfect it will be mm-hmm. for America. But the other one I wanted to say is any Gypsy King song, Spain. Done. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. Even though the Gypsy Kings are like... French. Yeah, French. Andalusian roots. Yeah, I know. But they're, they're, all, they're all Andalusian, Gypsy, Spanish root by heritage, but yeah. they're French, which was the most disappointing thing I've ever learned in life. Weirdest thing to discover. Yeah, but, but cool. Yeah. Still cool. All right, so win. Yes. That's all of yours done. Yes. So it's my three. And without delay, we go to the one thing we all care about, and that's food. Uh, first, best, and again, not locked to your country, national dish in the world, <gasps> according to her opinion. I will ask Win first. She will say something silly. <laughs> Obviously nostalgic. Uh, like chicken feet. Yeah. 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 Lobster feet. face. Yeah, we know. <laughs> chicken feet and lobster face. Yummy. Right. What do you reckon is the best national dish best. done? Correct. Tell you what the most successful is. What? I'm not going to tell you yet. What? Wait for my turn. It's <laughs> your turn. Well, I'm in Japan right now, so I'm going to say ramen. Mm. It okay. is very, very good. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, mm-hmm. it is, it is. Uh, Pete? Um, I'm a big fan of German schnitzels. Mm. A German schnitzel, good answer. Yeah, which good is uh, like a, um, generally chicken, mm-hmm. yep. like a breaded chicken breast, but the, the amount of stuff that you can put on them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or you in get, the in You the get full crumbs. menus of yeah. them. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty amazing stuff. Um, but also fish and chips. Fish you can't beat it, can you? You can't beat it. The actual one, not the pub one, not the... No, stu- no, no. Yeah. Must come from a chippy. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 100%. Yeah. For me, and this is personally tied my life, probably paella or paella. Mm. So good. Of which you have several variants, but we'll go for the Valencian original paella. Very, very good. Not like the crap you get in a Mexican restaurant in LA. Sorry, but it's I like not. the noodle version. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <gasps> but definitely the Spanish dish. It's masterclass. It's not an easy thing to put together. You think it is. It's not. That's one of them. I would say also when you're talking the most successful dish in the world, pizza. Mm. Bar none. Napoli style, whatever, margarita. Pizza, because I don't think you can go to a country without it. Period. End of message. So there you go. Um, my second question, which nation has the best flag? Ha. Controversial <laughs> again. <laughs> Winifred. Bhutan. Because it has a dragon. Nice. Yeah. Nice white dragon just going across from one corner mm. to the other. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. So people of Bhutan, there you go. Got a dragon. Mm-hmm. Cool. What's his name? I don't know. No one knows. <laughs> I don't know. Sh- sh- uh, Shenra. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Pete? I don't think I could 
particularly pick one. But I do, I think the, the kind of the Caribbean area, they're all pretty cool. Because mm. um, they, they, they just use all the random colours that most of the world just ignores. Yeah. You know, all, like your sky blues and stuff like that. And your yellows and greens and all that. And it's just so cool. So anywhere in the Caribbean? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> all of the yeah. Caribbean flags, there's multiple. Yeah. But any of them. Take your pick. Sorted. Tags on to, I would say, Jamaica. Well, I did hear that uh, the flag of Bermuda is the only one that's got a sinking ship on it. <laughs> yeah, I heard. And where I heard that I one heard from. I heard something similar to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it must have been the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like a symbolization, an in pun. Who knows? Mm. Uh, I think Jamaica is the most obvious, yeah. startling, amazing flag to look at because mm. uh, it's just super cool. Man. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't really need to try; just is epic. But uh, because you've said Caribbean, I'm going to obviously go to uh, somewhere else. I say Uruguay is pretty interesting. Oh, the with old, the, uh, the sun, yeah, the old and face the, yeah. and sun thing, because that's an unusual thing for a flag too. It looks almost Greek as well, yeah. If you think about it, yeah. which is intriguing. I'm not sure if there's any history between the two nations, but obviously Brazil's pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. So, Nepal's really interesting because it's not your normal sort of uh, rectangular. Yeah, it's kind of the two triangles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Ooh, a, lot, a lot of flags. Uh, California State. Done. Right, so... Uh, <laughs> Is that the one with the bear on it? Yeah. 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 Basically Warwick's, but yes. slightly different, yeah. Uh, Warwickshire. The, uh, the, 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 the black country Warwick. flag with the chains. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. rather cool. That's pretty cool, yeah. yeah. Or a pirate flag, whatever. Yeah. Uh, skill and crossbones, can't go wrong with that. So, three. Apart from your own nation, what national football team is your favourite winner, Fred? Because you wouldn't obviously think Hong Kong's good. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I love w- watching the World Cup. Um, just watching the Cup? Yeah. Or the matches? Any preference? You just watch the Cup? Japan the did really well last year. Mm-hmm. Mm. Last time. Yeah, last yep. time. But usually, from the beginning, I like to root for um, Italy or Spain. Italy or Spain. Yeah. I don't know why. That's a flip of the coin oh, right there. Yeah. Well, you, you don't have to know why. One's uh, mm-hmm. obviously glory-seeking and the other is uh, wishful thinking. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it is what it is. <laughs> you can think of that whatever you wish. Pete, any cross-alliances? No one in particular. It generally changes with each tournament, generally depending on who the best underdog is. Mm. Right. So teams like Japan in the last last one or Iceland. Mm. You yeah, know, the smallest oh, yeah. nation to you ever make to, yeah. a World Cup. Had a one um, over. Yeah. Or yeah. the home nations, if they yeah. make it. So, you know, Scotland, well, they never make it, but Wales, Northern Ireland, Republic of Ireland, none of them. The people close to home. Yeah. Are, are basically our teams, but yeah. we don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> for me, well, classically, it would have always been Italy and Spain on that flip as well. I've been mm-hmm. curious about. These days, and for quite a long time, only because I've followed the career since uh, we were linked, uh, we being Liverpool, uh, I represent the nation of them. I would say, like, we got linked with Kesko Honda years ago. Dal Gleish was managing before Brendan Rodgers' era. And we were linked with Kesko as a replacement for Stevie G. 
before we were linked to Jordan Henderson. A lot of people don't know this, but if you're a true Liverpool supporter, you will. And that made me curious about who the heck Keske Honda was. <laughs> and so for a long time, I've been following Japan. And they've been very good for a long time. It's not just the last World Cup. They've had a few pretty good runs in recent ones. But I would always say, I think the team in a World Cup situation that you always look at, doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, is Brazil. Mm. Because they are usually going to do something entertaining. And they, they always do. Used to be that they could play football really well with flair, <laughs> tic tac, amazing stuff. Yeah. Like, oh man, like you just set trends for the next 50,000 million years. Pele, still talk about him. Mm-hmm. He's like 6,000 years old. But here's the thing that you got to understand, kids. The last World Cup, Neymar was the most impressive ballet dancer I've seen. Mm-hmm. He performed Swan Lake in every game. He got injured by basically coming in contact with grass, which I think in football you do quite a lot. Yeah. 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 Also, there the must fat, have been the one specific blade that it, yeah, you know yeah, was out yeah, of place and he kept together, over it. Out together, yeah. obviously. And mm. uh, yeah, uh, no contact on any of his fouls. But uh, that mm. dude basically Jackie Chan most of the game. <laughs> and I'm going to say this as well about Brazil. Uh, I love the fact that they've got one of the best centre forwards in the world right now. Plays for us. You might have heard of him, Roberto Firmino. Very good player. No bias. Sorry if you're from Manchester, but shut up. You ain't got any good players. Right, so here's the thing. So we have Roberto Firmino. Amazing. One of the top top players in the Premier League, right? Has been for a while. Why doesn't the manager of Brazil play him ahead of Gabriel Jesus? I don't know. No one knows. I don't know. He's only a kid from Manchester City. Who, who's heard of Manchester City? I haven't. So Brazil, I would say, is probably the world's... We're always curious about Brazil. Mm. Always. I'll tell you the team that we didn't say, because none of us care about them. Good old USA. Sorry, America. <laughs> but, uh, since you've lost your German manager, Do you know we don't care. <laughs> if they start calling it football, yeah. I'll cheer them on. Yeah. But as long as they're calling it soccer, yeah. they can that's beep See, off. and that's the new constitution <laughs> in the planet you've just created. Okay? Correct. You can keep your guns, but if you call soccer, soccer, we'll shoot you anyway. Yeah. Uh, all righty. So that's about, we've had a bumper. It's been pretty <laughs> epic, this one. Um, I think for New Year's, it's good. It gives you something to mull over with your mold, whatever you've got that's mm. mold. If you're still mulling, uh. that is. I don't know. Muller yogurt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Muller, Muller. If you're I mulling that, then there's something wrong. Yeah, if you're, if you're mullering in general, there's something probably wrong with you. Mm. But basically... Happy New Year, everyone. We will see you this time, same place. We will do a New Year's version, I think, next time. Next time, Mm right? Yep, next week. Yeah. So we're just saying Happy New Year's because we want a week-long party, everyone, that's (laughs) out there. We'll be back, yeah, same time, Mm -hmm. same place, live, kind of, uh, (laughs) from Tokyo. So, yeah, have a good time. Have a good week. See you soon. Over to Win for the Wrap-Up. Subscribe to FIA Gets Tubed on YouTube for access to all Project FIA episodes and extras. As you know, you can find our podcast on all the major platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Ask us questions and drop us your comments via email. Our address is projectfia.rebelrated at gmail.com. And of course, we are also on Twitter. Our handle is projectfia.rebelrated.